access Chennai. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Access. Ah! Ooh, sorry. As you can tell, I'm so happy my voice is back. <laughs> but my nose isn't. I've still been having minor nosebleeds. Oh, y'all don't know about that. That's another. That's another problem. Anyway, welcome back to our third episode that was supposed to come out. I was trying to make it come out on Sunday, but when life gives you lemons. Anyway, but I did two back-to-back episodes, so please forgive me. Wow, like I actually tried. Anyway, welcome back to another episode of Access Denied. Instagram is A-C-C-E-S-S-D-A-N-I-E-I-E-D-D at, well, I'm going to set at gmail.com. Don't, you can email me if you want, <laughs> but... That's my Instagram. Still have that extra D, because y'all know why. People will not be using accounts and kind of leave it hanging for a girl. Anyway, enough nonsense talk. You guys have come to a special one. We're having dinner. ASMR for the day. Hello. So if you hear me, like, smacking my lips, (laughs) that's why. Because I'm hungry. I just got back from work. It's been a day. I currently... I thought I was done bleeding, but I'm still bleeding because I got cut by my screen protector. It's been a week. We're just trying to make things happen. Keep it going. Keep it moving. No more slowing. Come on. come. Okay. So now today, if you can't tell by the picture on the album track, well, for Apple podcast friends, you can't. But also, today we're talking about the woman, the myth, the legend. Pocahontas. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, not her in general. Like, we're going to go into his, uh, a personal history about Pocahontas. But today we're talking about the movie. Because if anyone knows, this movie is a lot of things. <laughs> I can't even come up with one word to describe this movie. Oh, and we're also talking about the second one. Don't worry for those who are um, sequel fans. We got you. Um, but yeah, let's get started. So disclaimer, I am not here to disrespect and give false information about Pocahontas. I'm just a girl trying to search for answers, all right? I was, like, going back and looking back and seeing and realizing that, oh, my God, Pocahontas is really weird and creepy. (laughs) I did not expect, like, I mean, I did expect it, but not on, you know what I mean? Not on this level. So, actually, before we get started into talking about it, I'm pulling up some reviews that I saw. Um, that I thought were really interesting. Because also the thing that bothered me, first of all, is that on Wikipedia, which is not the most credible source, but on Wikipedia, it was given the review, or it was labeled as an animated romance movie, which already made me gag. Pocahontas was 10, y'all. Well, not in the movie, but like IRL. This man was out here saying, yeah, she was kind of hot, though. <laughs> like... Okay, I do not have the whole John Smith account on me, and I'm not going to dive into the John Smith account. Um, they have excerpts of it in in the great wide somewhere, so you can go look at that. Um, but I decided to look at reviews because I realized it has like a 55% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, but yeah, like one is from the Washington Post, 
by Rita Kempley. It says, all Disney has really done in disappointing its in its disappointing 33rd animated movie feature is revive the stereotype of the noble savage, which, yes, queen. But this was a 2008 review. That's after we learned from our mistake. Um, I thought that was interesting, but I'm reading the good reviews because I don't know what people... And there's more recorded reviews, but I'm just pulling out the like little bits and pieces that they have on Rotten. Like this one says, the film may take you by surprise with its quick ending, running only 76 minutes before the credits roll. I wanted more both times I saw it. What more did you want, sir? <laughs> that's that's the real question. What what were you talking about? Another one said, just about everything in a lavish animated feature is for the pigtail set. Which, I don't know what that means. A handsome, deeply felt, and even more deeply reverent animated musical. Now, I guess when you're looking from it, like, separating the truth from the fiction, I can see how people can understand, like, comprehend what they have from the film. But because I'm not that kind of person, I kind of, like, put two and two together. I'm like, ew. Ew. All right. So now that we've read some of the reviews and you kind of see where people are coming from, let's get into the meat. P.U. Something stinks and it's the Pocahontas movie. I'm joking. I'm joking. All right. We'll get into um, who Pocahontas was and why are we so obsessed with her. So for those of y'all, this is like a little snippet of information you're getting. I am born and raised in Virginia. That's my base. So everyone had that one unit where they're like, oh, so you've heard of National Heroes, but have you heard of Pocahontas? And little girl like me is like, wow, she was such a baddie. She's so great. She can get it. Look at her trying to stop racism. But not really. Then again, when you learn about Pocahontas, I think that's second grade. I think it's mostly second grade. You start learning about Native American cultures and history. So... You know, we're seven and eight. We're just like, oh, cool, lit. She sounds awesome. Especially, you know, when you read books. So, well, a lot of the reason why she's kind of like romanticized because most of the accounts that we have are from John Smith and John Rolfe. Now, I've met a lot of people in my life that were kind of horny, but not on this level. <laughs> it makes me want to barf. I can't even. But... As I was searching up both movies, like I mentioned earlier, it was it had a romance label on it. I haven't even gotten to the bad fan fiction of Thomas and Kokoam. For those of you who don't know those two characters, Kokoam was supposed to marry Pocahontas, and Thomas was the man who was with John Smith that shot Kokoam. If you want, you can Google the ship and burn your eyes for the rest of your life, but I remember seeing that back in the day. <laughs> the funny thing is I have footage of me yelling about it, and I also lost my voice on that. <laughs> What's new? And wow, it just really, it, it really, it really grinds my gizmo when I see ships like that. Anyway, I've taken this, so I'm about to read an excerpt which I've taken from the Americans exhibit at the Museum of the American Indian. If you guys are ever in D.C., you should check that out. Gorgeous museum that goes into depth about Native American culture, and especially the Americans exhibit really does a great centerpiece on um, Native Americans represented in the public eye and not just the public eye just like in general because you wouldn't believe that a lot of people don't know about Native Americans I, I know right after they've like wiped out like all of their almost all of their people like you think you would know more but you know 
That's what the country does. They like to keep receipts, but they don't like to show them. Anyway, let's <laughs> carry on. I've, I don't, as you can tell, this is a very touchy topic to me because I just... Wow. Okay. So, her, it says her father, Powhatan, was the leader of a powerful confederacy when in 1607, a hundred Englishmen landed in his vast territory. Even as a child, Pocahontas made a striking impression. A frequent visitor to James Fort, she dazzled the English with her self-confidence and outgoing personality. In her teens, when the settlers faced starvation, she brought food. In 1613, after colonists abducted her, she learned English and converted to Christianity. Her subsequent marriage to tobacco planter John Rolfe was so consequential that the following years brought a, a break in warfare known as the Pocahontas Peace. The tobacco strain Rolfe developed made Jamestown rich, and it was a sensation in Europe. When the couple traveled to London, Pocahontas's presence sent a clear message. The Jamestown colony was a safe, successful, profit and profitable. For the first time in history, Europeans could put a human face on the indigenous peoples of the New World. So basically, they're like, yeah, y'all, y'all, mm-mm. And then Pocahontas said, hey. <laughs> Remember Miles Morales? Hey. And the Europeans are like, wow, they can be really nice. Look at that, look at that colored person, like, kind of thing. So long story short, you know, they're putting it all through rose-colored glasses. But there's a song in the second film that keeps talking about things not being as they seem. And honestly, that's definitely going to be a theme throughout this episode. Okay, now that we've gotten some of the general history cleared, you, once again, you can do more research. I think the Museum of the American Indian has a very great um, research bit on the website. Beautiful museum, by the way. I can't stress that enough. Google it. Um, but from the top, let's talk about Pocahontas. Pocahontas is another Disney animated film um, from 1995 featuring the first and only Native American princess in the mainstream, unfortunately next to Tiger Lily from Peter Pan. And we all know how that went. It was released during the Disney Renaissance, which is a big factor, and was directed by Mike Gabriel, who also worked on The Lion King, and Eric Goldberg, who worked on Fantasia, Fantasia sorry, 2000. A lot of pages like to mention how it was loosely based on the story of Pocahontas. But, but does that really help? A lot of people like to say that the second film is more accurate in few cases. But does that really help? The second one is straight to DVD, so a lot of people forget it exists or doesn't know that it exists, but it's the same darn concept all over again. Just one more, just more hard-hitting. When I mean by more two, I mean like if the bar's on the floor, it's like one inch above the bar. So, you know, what was going down? I went, to went through Wikipedia, so... Once again, not 100% accurate, but whoever made this page really took their time to do research because, once again, I went through the links that they had at the bottom, made sure that the tea was popping. And, yes, a lot of the tea was popping. So, don't worry. Making sure the facts I'm giving are as straight as they can be. And I wanted to go through production and decision-making like I did with Princess and the Frog. And, whoo, was it messy. So... Y'all ready for this? Okay, enough of that. So, um, give me one second. Sorry, I'm like a mess, but I'm also together. Don't worry, y'all. All right, so let me read the... Okay, no, 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 no. We're just going to go straight into production because I'm, 
I'm not trying to make this too long, but I'm also just trying not to make it worse than it sounds. Ooh, sorry, ASMR. Hmm? All right. So this was released after The Rescuers Down Under in 1990. And this was kind of like, not the beginning of the Renaissance, obviously. This is like kind of when they already were in the meat of it. And people like to say that it was kind of like the beginning of the end, which is very sad. But, you know, it makes sense. So, actually, during Thanksgiving weekend, they wanted to adapt Western legends like Annie Oakley, Buffalo Bill. By the way, um, if you want to know more about Annie Oakley, really great woman. She was doing stuff during the Western period, probably racist, but it's okay. You know, she was cool when I read about her when I was eight. Um, there was a book called Who Was Annie Oakley? Really great story. Um, and they wanted to, you know, just go kind of into like that setup of the Western. And then they're like, okay, Gabriel, um, one of the, um, directors wrote, um, the title Walt Disney's Pocahontas on an image of Tiger Lily from Peter Pan to the back of which he taped a brief pitch that read an Indian princess who's torn between her father's wishes to destroy the English settlers and her wishes to help them. A girl caught between her father and her people and her love for the enemy. So you see how Tiger Lily kind of slid in here anyway. <laughs> she's just, she's, she's become more important to Disney than people realize in some regard. But yeah, basically, um, Gabe, they like Gabriel's pitch. And Schneider, one of the producers, said, we were particularly interested in exploring the theme of if we don't learn to live with one another, we will destroy ourselves. So they're feeling a little bit hippie. Um, of course, Jeffrey Katzenberg was like, you know what, Gabriel, you came up with the best idea. I even think that this is going to be nominated for an Academy Award for Best Picture. Jeffrey was really, yeah, he wanted, he was the one who wanted to turn this into a romance film, which it makes me feel kind of weird looking back because I'm here singing Jeffrey Katzenberg's praise because of DreamWorks, but we need to remember the roots of our our labor. <laughs> well, not our labor, but his labor. And he did work with Disney. He had some hits. He had some misses. Um, but the, when they went to the higher-ups about the to the head of story, they wanted more winsome, more gentle... Some of the folks were considered um, concerned about political correctness. They didn't want it to be cuckoo wacky about it. And of course, Gabriel agreed because he was like, yeah, probably, probably shouldn't go that dark route. <laughs> so they went on a research trip. They went to ODU. Anyone from ODU listening? <laughs> oh, they also went to the Jamestown Settler in 1992. And they met Shirley Little Dove Custolo McGowan and Debbie White Dove Custolo, both descendants of Pocahontas. And they kind of gave them a little walk around. Um, and they um, offered their services um, for free because they're like, okay, we want to try and get this as right as we can. But once someone comes up to you and say, hey, we're doing a romance about your ancestor, like, I don't know how accurate it can get after that. You know, so writing, um, you know, they had a lot of like good writers. They had someone who worked on um, War of the Worlds and Punky Brewster working on it. So I guess they're very hopeful that it was going to get some laughs, some fun times. Um, and Gabriel himself agreed that um, he felt the story of Pocahontas and Rolf was too complicated and violent for a youthful audience. So he just said he would focus on the meeting with John Smith. Which, 
understandable. You know, <laughs> I can see where he was coming from because, yes, people forget that John Ralph was in a way an abuser. And when we get to the second movie, I start getting a little. Uh, <laughs> but once again, um, so Gabriel's mother, um, the whole idea of Pocahontas mother being dead and being a spirit guiding her. They kind of had inspiration, of course, from the Lion King. They wanted to have, like, a presence that was there, but not in your face, but something that was, like, a motivation for the, you know, for the um, person to keep moving forward, that kind of thing. So, while we're here, um, if you wonder why DreamWorks has a lot of their adult quirks, it's mostly because of Jeffrey. I mean, that's the T, that's the gag. So... Now let's look at what's good because I feel like I'm going into depth and we're hearing like a lot of like, hmm. Um, I know I said like the production story is messy. It's n- I'm making things sound like way more crazy than it was, but when you read it, it like really sounds crazy when you first read it. You're like, oh, it makes sense, but was I right? <laughs> anyway, let's let's take a look at what was good. Alan Mankin did throw it down on the soundtrack, okay? was so graceful and beautifully composed along with the lyrics from Steven Schwartz. There was even a beauty from the soundtrack that doesn't really like, you know, that doesn't really flow. Th- okay. So I think it works better separated basically is what I'm trying to say. Like the soundtrack on its own from the movie is gorgeous. A character, character design is pretty lit, especially for the Palatine group. I love Cookworms and the Chief's design. They just hold power in how they look alone. And I love that they did that. Like, his little, like, bear paws on his chest that the chief gave to him. Oh, Kokowam can get it. Okay, see, <laughs> now I'm going back of my own point, saying, like, I don't like how they romanticized the movie. And here I am, like, Kokowam? Dad. <laughs> you know? But no, it's, I like the character design. It was beautiful. And I especially love his smile. Anyone get that reference? <laughs> anyway, I found myself agreeing with the hummingbird affectionately known as Flit. He was trying to stop her from dealing with the colonizer. And I was hoping there would be one scene where maybe, you know, they could allude to Grandmother Willow that she shouldn't be condoning this hot mess express. But here Mother Willow was. She was like, listen with your heart. You will understand. And I'm just like, Mother Willow. (laughs) Calm down. I feel like you want John Smith more than Pocahontas wanted John Smith to begin with. (laughs) Oh yeah, Calm down. Calm down. My kids can't hear me because they're listening to Grandmother Willow. <laughs> All right, sorry. Let's get back on track. Of course, there's nothing really good to say about the rest of the movie. <laughs> but the scene in the first movie that solidified my hatred was when they had the tenth scene with John Smith. Insert the Bratz meme. Ew! Like, I hated it. I was cringing the entire time. Like, I know what happens in the end, but I just wish they got rid of this man while Pocahontas was asleep. <laughs> now, in the second movie, um, let's go into more depth about the process that went into that. Because, like I said, they did go more into, like, not making it more accurate, but, like, kind of working off of the mistakes they made in the first one. Because, I mean, they still kind of did the romance thing, but... You know, so let's give the synopsis of Pocahontas 2 because everyone kind of knows the Pocahontas movie, but not really Pocahontas 2. So it was a DVD sequel um, 
to the film Pocahontas that came out in 1995. It came out in 1998. Woo! Um, <laughs> in the first film, we, we met John Smith and the arrival of the British settlers in Jamestown. And the sequel of focuses on Pocahontas' journey to England with John Rolfe to negotiate for peace between the two nations, although her death is omitted from the film's ending. Yes. <laughs> I mean, of course, they didn't go into detail about that. They're just like, Pocahontas is great. Um, everything was cool. So, here is the reception. Right now, it has a 29% review. So, people said... So, this... Um, David Keyes said... He's from Cinemaphile. He said, normally, I'd refuse to review such a sequel... But this attention, this attention must be paid here because the original Pocahontas movie was not that great. Usually, a Disney sequel jumps back to a, a step or two from its predecessors, like Aladdin. Um, Pocahontas 2, A Journey to a New World, does not, um, does not it stays at the same level of the original by creating entertaining and colorful new characters, which have usually been the best things about Disney animated movies. Now, he did criticize the historical inaccuracy because he was like, you know, it was gorgeous, but... We all know who Jolton Rolfe was, and you're right. <laughs> so, it was, like, people agree that it was a better movie, because a lot of people forget that. So, it's kind of like the Cinderella effect. I am personally one of those few people that think Cinderella OG from the back in the day was trash. Oh, my God. I hated her. I hated her stepmother. The only thing I probably liked was her sisters and the mice. Like, I... I do not remember anything from the first movie except for when they sing Sweet Nightingale. Like, and that, that song slaps, by the way. <laughs> and then Cinderella 2, things picked up. They did, like, a little storybook session whereby, like, you know. Like, if they did, like, a sequel like that, like, kind of coming up with different stories. And not just focusing on the fact that she's getting the hots for a white man. But the fact that focusing on her as a person. I kind of just felt like I was watching a Married at First Sight episode. Which is not the best alliteration I could come with. And that show's already just not a good thing, period. Um, but it's kind of like that. The sequels progress and they learn from their mistakes. That's why I think people are liking these live action remakes. Because they are kind of like, well, some people at least are liking some live of some of the live action remakes because they are taking a step back from what didn't work the first time around, um, and kind of just trying to work out the kinks. Some of them obviously are just cash grabs, and some of them are like, oh, we kind of messed up the first time, so let's try and fix it again. Meanwhile, it didn't really even work out, especially with Aladdin. But we'll get into that later. <laughs> anyway. So that was a little bit of Pocahontas too, but there was definitely more communication and a coherent-ish plot. You know, the scene that did make me cringe though was um, basically any scene with Ratcliffe. Like he's just a horrible Disney character, and it's that means they're probably doing him right. I it made me hate, hate. Like I was literally just looking at his face, and I'm like, oh my god. No offense to anybody white listening to this, but I was just like, man, I'm about to, I'm about to lose that. <laughs> anyway, then her Disney princess scene. There was a scene in Cinderella 2 whereby they dress her up all European and stuff. And then when they put powder on her face to lighten her skin. And the thing that kills me too is that that's how they use her like on the official website sometimes. They'll have her in her all European garb with her lightened face. And I'm just like, 
P.E.U. something stinks. And it's that scene. <laughs> um, I felt more hatred for the, <laughs> the white men in the second film, of course. But I guess that means they took more of a historical effort in the straight-to-DVD, which honestly sucks. Keep the same energy, Disney. I don't know what's going on. So, this is as in-depth as a girl can get. Overall, I just feel like I was watching something that should not have been made. Like, I'm happy it's been made, but, like, if it was made in a different regard, I would definitely, like, be praising this movie. But obviously, like, it was something that the SX tried to not be touchy with, but it's, like, they have to be honest, too. So it's just kind of, like, a lot of hit or miss. But it was great that she was the first princess of color. Like, she was the first one. And the only real mainstream Native American princess that I can account for. Um, the fact that some directors and executives thought this was going to win all the awards really mean that they attempted to make a good film, at least. But at what cost? Romanticizing an event that has deep scars that runs through this nation? This one can be put on the shelves um, for what one should not do, but to also look back and learn from. So, guys, that was my little synopsis of Pocahontas. Please tell me if I'm saying anything weird or untruthful or wrong. That's what I say. I not mean to disrespect anybody. I'm coming from my own side of the block. I'm not Native American. So I do not want to, like, I don't want to sound like I'm trashing anything. Because to some people, this could be like a monumental Disney princess movie. But I'm just trying to remove my feelings and look at what happened. And why this movie was kind of not well received. And what they did wrong. And what they could have done right. Because sometimes you look at a film and you're like, I can see why they picked this decision. But couldn't they have like made things a little bit better or worse? That kind of thing. But yeah, if you guys have any conversations you want to start. Anything you want to talk about. Anything you want me to talk about on this beautiful, beautiful podcast we have. You can go to the Instagram at access tonight. Which is A C C E S S D A N I E D D. You can also email me at gmail.com. It's the same spelling. Um, and yeah, we will come up with the next episode soon. It will probably be a little bit after Christmas because Christmas is a whole it's a whole thing. But I will be working on it. For those of you who probably won't tune in until, like, after the holidays, because I know the holidays are fun. You want to go outside and have fun. See you next year. Wow. I mean, I'm still going to make another episode probably before the year ends, but I'm just saying it now. Happy holidays, y'all. Stay lit. Make good choices. And I'll see you in the next episode. Bye.